Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Femme on Fitness. Today's guest is Jessica Case. I know Jessica through the publishing world. When I read her bio, I found an interesting detail unrelated to her career. But before we get to that, welcome, Jessica. Please introduce yourself and tell listeners about Pegasus Books and what you do there. Hi, everyone. So I'm Jessica Case. I'm the deputy publisher at Pegasus Books. And um, so I'll do kind of a range of things, kind of the day-to-day running of the business, editorial, publicity, um, you know, shipping manager, if it comes down to it. And I'm so excited to be here. Um, You know, I've been a lifelong kind of swimmer, athlete, you know, just have always loved being active in sports, Um, you know, this becomes relevant on a woman's fitness journey. You know, I'm a mom to two young boys. Um, they're seven and four. So um, that process definitely has shaped my fitness journey <laughs> over the years. Well, the part of your bio that prompted this chat is your experience as an officer with the New York Athletic Club Triathlon Club. Yeah. Tell us a bit about your fitness journey and how you came to be involved with triathlons. Yeah, so I was a collegiate swimmer. Um, so I swam obviously growing up, um, you know, from like, you know, summer swim team and, um, you know, kind of more competitively. And I was a swimmer in college with all the commitment that came with that. And then after I graduated and I moved to New York, um, you know, first it felt great to kind of take some time off, um, you know, just to do nothing. I don't know. I was, I was going out a lot in New York, if that counts as fitness. Um, but then after a while, you know, I did miss competing. I missed, you know, the camaraderie of training with, you know, a group and just having some, having goals, you know, that was outside of work. And, um, and I didn't want to join kind of a master's swim team. Um, I was kind of looking to try something new, but that was also within my kind of relative skill set. Um, you know, swimmers tend to be a little uncoordinated and that is definitely <laughs> true. I, I can catch a ball, but only just. So um triathlon seemed like a good fit. You know, I have, you know, I had the swimming down, I could do that. And um so you know I started running a bit more and you know bought a you know bought a used bike um and just kind of started, you know, getting my feet wet and um my uh, boyfriend at the time was a member of the New York Athletic Club. And he was like, oh, well, you know, you can come swim here. And they also have a triathlon team if you're looking to get more serious about it. So um, so I joined up and, you know, joined the club and was kind of, you know, mucking around. And then, you know, people you meet, you know, in like the bike locker room or in the pool, you know, they're, they're like, oh, like you should join the triathlon club. So I joined up with that and it was perfect. It was like a whole range of abilities, people who were really into it and had done multiple, you know, Ironmans at a, you know, very elite level, um, people who were kind of just starting out, people who were kind of in the middle, just like me. Um, so it was great. And then, you know, as I got more involved, um, you know, we would have kind of club meetings and I guess I'm one of those people I hate a silence. So when they were kind of seeking out like new officers for the next season, no one was saying anything. So I was like, I'll do it. um, But it was actually, it was actually great because, you know, we could be more involved in kind of the races we chose to do as a team and kind of organizing group rides. And um, again, just a way to, you know, connect further and which is what I'd been missing, you know, since, you know, since college and not being on a team anymore. So. So tell us about the rewards for for that type of activity, because I've, I've never, you know, I, I run, I've gone swimming, I've done competitive sports, but not triathlon. 
Yeah. So triathletes are, are great. I mean, they're, a, it's a young sport overall. Um, so usually like half the people in any given race, it's like their first time or they're, you know, sometimes people come in it because they haven't really found a sport and it's like so weird and so random that like, why not try it? You know? So it's actually, there's a whole host of people you have like these, again, like kind of like our club, right. You and our, as like microcosm. Um, so I think the reward is you kind of get to have experience this like big endurance feat, right? You know, it's hard. You're out there. Even the short races are hour and a half, two hours. Um, you're kind of out there with this, like just mass of people that are, um, you know, kind of from all over the place. And, you know, you kind of have young washed up college athletes, you have older people. Um, and, and, you know, there's sometimes there's, uh, you know, disabled athletes or people who, you know, kind of have different abilities that are competing, which is just on a whole nother level. Um, someday, you know, I would actually, there's a great organization in New York called Team Achilles, where you can guide, you know, blind or, you know, adaptive athletes. Um, so that's kind of on my bucket list of things to kind of be a part of. Um, yeah, that but, sounds cool. yeah, it's just a really amazing thing. Um, so yeah. And I think what I did my first one and it was kind of addictive. So you're like, Ooh, like what's next? Like what's the next race? Yeah. You get that, you get that rush. And, um, you know, at first triathlons come in all different lengths. Tell you're us what's spread. involved with a triathlon for those who, who don't know. Oh yeah. That would, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, first you swim, um, and then you get, you do a bike leg and then you do a run and there's all different lengths. There's a sprint triathlon, which is actually, I have a little thing right here. Um, which is, you know, maybe like a three quarter mile swim and then like a, you know, 15 mile bike. Um, and then like a three mile run, that's like a sprint. Um, and then you have an Olympic distance, which is a 0.9 mile swim, a 26 mile bike and a six mile run. And then wow. you go even longer. You have the half Ironman, which is, um, what Ironman is a, oh my God, a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike and a marathon at the end. And a half Ironman is half that. So when I first started out, I was just doing sprints and Olympics. And then, you know, you do a little more, you start to get a little yeah. good and that competitiveness comes out. And um, so then of course I was like, well, I should, I should try the Ironman. And um, that took like about a year and a half to train up for. And, you know, the race all told was for me 13 hours. Um, but it was, it was, it was great. Um, and you just get addictive. You're like more, more, what can I do? So. <laughs> I imagine you must just feel like your limbs have weights on them by the time you get to the running part. Yeah, it's learning to run with kind of dead legs and, um, you know, run off the bike is definitely something you build up to and get used to. Um, obviously, this is a podcast, you can't see me. I'm actually pretty, I'm pretty tiny. Um, and when I was doing my Ironman, these, you know, big guys, tall guys would just like bomb by me on the bike. How tall are you? And um, I'm five, three, five, okay. four a day. Um, so these you know, big guys would like kind of just blow by me on the bike and yeah, that's fine. It's a long, you know, it's a long race, right? You got to pace yourself. Um, but it was also a very hot day for the race. And I was like, I'll see you on the run. I'll get you because yeah. like, it's harder in this, in the heat. If you're, if you're big, um, you just hold more heat, it's harder to shed. And so, you know, since I was little, I was like, I'll get you on the run. Just wait. <laughs> so. Like, Plus they're providing shade for you, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'll get you guys. I was like, it's hot. So 
Um, yeah. Tell me, how, how does motherhood play a role in your fitness journey? So, you know, I think it was definitely, obviously there's the physical, you know, demands of, you know, having children, being pregnant. Um, and so in some ways it was a great release, um, you know, when I was the overwhelmed with like the newborn and, you know, just to kind of go out and obviously not competitive anymore. You're just trying to, it's like time for yourself. Right. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of women feel that, you know, to like, you know, just, this is their time, you know, to do something, anything, you know, for themselves, for their bodies. Um, and, you know, getting back to it after having both kids was an adjustment. Um, you know, you kind of recovering from the pregnancy and if you're nursing, you know, there's that element, you know, to kind of contend with. Um, but I think it's been good now that the, my kids are older, um, to set an example, um, they're both boys and, I think it's important for boys to see women be athletic. Like I make a point to like, if we live in a, you know, college town to have them see like women competing in sports, like going to women's basketball games and stuff. I think it's, you know, because if you just turn on television, it's always guys, but I think it's great for them to see like women being competitive and like women strong and all that. So, you know, mommy goes out and lifts weights and runs too, you know? Um, yeah. So what other challenges have you had to overcome to meet your health goals? So I think, um, you know, staying active and healthy during pregnancy is like, you know, just within, you know, within reason, um, you know, was something I just tried to grapple with. And I think obviously, as you kind of slow down a bit, it was a little tough for me emotionally to kind of feel like housebound, you know, or like, just cause you're like, Oh, you know, you don't want to get out, but you want to get out, but you know, you don't, you know, so there's, there was that to contend with. And then, um, there's been little injuries over the years that, um, you know, I think come with getting older, you know, like the knee, your knee hurts. (laughs) Like, you know, why does, why does my, why does my shoulder hurt now? Um, (laughs) Just kind of dealing with some of those. Carrying that baby around all day. (laughs) Yeah. You know, kind of dealing. Yeah. Just like kind of falling apart. You don't, you don't jump as high or run as fast. um, But, and I think, you know, having that, having that outlet is a good mental, mental thing. And I think also as I get older too, um, just changing what I prioritize, you know, I never used to worry about like lifting weights or being like strength training, but I know as women get older, you're supposed to kind of integrate a little more strength training into your routine is important. Um, I, I'm trying to be better about, you know, at least doing like strength training every now and again. And I nag my mother about it. It's even more important for her. So (laughs) trying to practice what I preach. So So talk to me about the gastronomical Jess. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was a food blog that I had. I love cooking. Um, I guess cooking and fitness do kind of go hand in hand. And so I'd started this kind of fun food blog, um, which I have let lapse a little bit over the years. Um, but yeah, I, I like sharing food. I like cooking for people. Um, and you know, it's, so I will confess when I'm on like longer training runs or something that I am thinking about what I want to eat <laughs> at the end. So I was like, Your Yeah, exactly. I was like, I was like, do I want like Thai food or, you know, do I want just like, you know, a jar of peanut butter? I don't know. So um, yeah, and obviously with publishing, you know, we all have that writing bug a little bit. I like publishing food books here, which are always, always fun. 
Well, the first thing that grabbed my eye on that blog was you had a piece on clementines, which we call cuties Mm -hmm. on my side of the country. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I love clementines. (laughs) And um, I know I've actually been on a big, like the mineola oranges, the tangelos that are like the half tangerine, half oranges, um, a little bigger than clementines. Right. Um, and they, you know, kind of carry them around and you feel health, so healthy after you, you eat one and, yes. <laughs> um, and they keep, I know that sounds strange, but like with kids, you do this thing where they're like, I love grapes. You go buy like a big bag of grapes and then like, yeah, and they don't half of them, they go bad so fast. They eat half of them. And then they're like, I hate grapes. So I'm like, oh, so then you have all these grapes, <laughs> and like, but clementines and citrus fruits, they keep so they can kind of like last, last through some kind of fickle eating habits, you know, um, right now we're on a mango kick, which is fine actually, cause I love mangoes. Um, so those are, that's a good, all food. kinds of healthy fruits though. Yeah. Lots of fruit. And, um, maybe that's a, I'm half Chinese. So maybe that's a facet of being Chinese too. We always have like lots of fruits, fruits, are <laughs> fruits are big. I'm glad um, you said that. Cause when I delved deeper on your blog, I found a, I found food references that had little to do with food. And you mentioned something about your, your Chinese mother is a self-proclaimed banana, which I suppose is a <laughs> Twinkie. Yeah, it is a self-proclaimed egg. <laughs> Although I had never heard the term banana used that way, your mother's <laughs> preference spoke to the way I used to call myself an Eskimo pie after the ice cream because I found it less offensive than Oreo. Yes. And now my perspective has changed, of course, but seeing your blog prompted another question, which is how has your heritage played a role in your health and fitness, if at all? Yeah. So I think, um, food wise, definitely, um, it obviously shapes what I eat and what I think is, you know, a healthy way to eat. Um, you know, you kind of do what you know, right. So, you know, I think I was like, oh, you know, I didn't, I maybe have like the healthiest meal, you know, but like, oh, but I've had like some fruit after it. It's fine. (laughs) That fixes everything. Um, yeah, exactly. I was like, I had, I had an orange, like, um, but I always joke. So my grandmother on my, and my, and my grandfather too, on, on my mom's parents on the Chinese side, she's about to turn 101 and my wow. grandfather lived to 99. Um, and my grandmother's still like living at home, obviously with like AIDS and help, but, um, and people are like, you know, what's her secret? I mean, besides, I'm just like, I don't know. She's just, she's just lucky. And she's just tough. But I will say, I was like, you know, she also had an orange tree in her backyard and had like fruit, fresh fruit every day. Right. <laughs> um, but, and I think also, you know, maybe as far as health, you know, shaping health and fitness, there is like, I think a bit of a generational divide, especially for a lot of Asian Americans um, and women, you know, embracing sports and athletics. Um, I know when my mom first came to the States, you know, to kind of, participate in youth sports as like a Chinese immigrant was like not not done or it just wasn't as common mm-hmm. um whereas now of course you know there's lots of participation so it's and I could always tell I think my mom was like a little like not jealous but like oh isn't this great like no complaining about going to soccer practice or whatever like right. you know this was something that we didn't her parents didn't really understand, right? So they wouldn't think to sign her up for like it's soccer or something like, you know, what is this? So, you know, I think there's that kind of generational change, which has been, I mean, great, but something that, you know, I've become more and more aware of. 
What is there anything else you'd like to share with listeners? Um, you know, I think, you know, I think it's great to just have a podcast where people can, women can talk about their fitness journey. I think it's, you know, huge. I think, you know, women are amazing with, you know, what we can do with our bodies. Um, you know, having had two kids, I promise you it's a, the hardest thing you will ever do physically and B, my husband, I love him dearly, but he could never. So it's just something that we can, we can just do like, you know, we just get it done. Right. You know, women get it done and like athletically, physically, you know, professionally. So, (laughs) um, yeah, that's my, that's my takeaway. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing your experience. What is the best way people can support you in the work you do? Well, so um, you can go to our website, you can check out pegasusbooks.com or check us out on social media. Um, I think it's pegasus underscore books on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we're an independent publisher and we publish, you know, wide range of books, wide range of voices. Um, you know, we do have a couple fitness, you know, adjacent titles from different athletes. Um, you know, we have an ice climber coming up. We have a, a triathlete with ALS, you know, some running books um, and yeah, it's always exciting, you know, to support the written word and support an independent publisher. And um, yeah, I'm just so pleased to be a part of it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience. Thank you to our listeners. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. This has been Fem on Fitness, part of the Fem on Collective. Mm-hmm.